always courageous. A trick of many preachers as they prepare a homily for Sunday is to find a thread that connects all the readings and pull on it to see where it leads them. Sometimes that thread's obvious, and other times it's pretty obscure, but it's always there. If nothing else, then because the Holy Spirit has inspired all the texts of scriptures, and in that we find the thread of hope. But today we have a mixed bag. At, at first it looks real obvious, right? Even in the bulletin I mentioned, like, it seems like there's lots of plants today. Top of the cedar tree in Ezekiel, it's been pruned and planted. The psalm spoke of the palm tree and the cedar. The gospel spoke of the scattered seed sprouting and the small mustard seed becoming that great plant. But, as you poke around a little bit, you realize it isn't everywhere. In fact, St. Paul, in his writing to the Corinthians in the second letter, he has no reference to a plant of any kind. And secondly, let's be honest, a plant homily just sounds a little silly. So where is that common thread this week? Always courageous. I kept going back to that line from St. Paul's letter, always courageous, and it got me poking around a little bit. You see, we call it the, sec- the fifth chapter of the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, but maybe you know it, that's kind of a misnomer, because it's at least the third letter. Only two are in the canon of Scripture inspired by the Holy Spirit, but in the, what we call the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, he's referencing a previous letter. He had written to them already, and we know that they responded, the people of Corinth. Both of those letters have been lost to history, but we basically can read between the lines and we know what he was saying. He was challenging them. And some things haven't changed over the past 2,000 years. The people of Corinth didn't like to be challenged. They pushed back. Who was he to presume to tell them how to live? And they, they questioned his authority. In fact, they, they took a low blow, I would say. They started pointing out his shortcomings. Paul, you're literally, you're, you're bald, you're short, you have a speech impediment. And then everything that surrounded you, you've been shipwrecked, you've been imprisoned, you've been stoned, and you're in poor health. As if to say, the people of Corinth were writing to him, that if, if you were really from God, if you were really a messenger from God, then you would, you would live a blessed life. Hmm. You ever had that temptation? To think, boy, you know, I'm doing all this for God. Surely it should come a little easier. Now, it's in that context that we get to enter into this reading, and I would propose all the readings, always courageous. Because the Christian message is never one that says, if you follow me, it's going to come up roses. If you follow me, it's always going to be pleasure and power and comfort. No, Paul pushes back, and he points out that even when things are going poorly, even when things don't make sense, what do we do? He says, we walk by faith. We're going to sing that hymn today at the end of Mass. That's how Christians live. We know that He walks with us 
in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. He is the divine bridegroom that pours his life out for us. And he's been doing so through salvation history. I think that gives a better context than just botany for the Ezekiel reading, right? Ezekiel was writing in the time of the Babylonian exile when the best and brightest of Israel had already been captured and taken to Babylon. And so he's writing about the pruned top of the cedar tree being planted elsewhere, acknowledging how awful the separation and division is, but also always being courageous, right? There's a hope in his words that the birds of the air of every kind will take shelter in that new bush that will grow forth from that pruned sprout. Jesus as well, in the gospel, always courageous, speaks of planting seed, hoping for their growth, and the farmer always being courageous because the farmer doesn't know how that's going to work. Maybe farmers have it all figured out now, but I sure don't. We planted grass seed recently, and I have no idea how much it's going to, where it's going to come up. We're doing our best. Isn't that like life? Yeah, it starts sprouting up here and there, and we're excited when it does. We just scatter the seed and hope for the best. Doesn't that sound familiar? Like when you took that new job, not sure how it was going to play out, or you moved to a new location, not sure if this is really going to be where you want to end up. When you hear back from the doctor about a bad diagnosis and you're not sure how that's going to end or commit to donating money to some charity, to the church or another, and you're not sure how it's going to get used. When we commit to anyone, to anything, we don't know exactly how it's going to end, but always courageous, trusting in the Lord. Finally, and probably most importantly, most memorably, Jesus gives us that beautiful image of this mustard seed turning into the great mustard plant. And he quotes Ezekiel there saying that this mustard plant will give shelter to all the birds of the world. You see, there's openness here. The Lord implies, yes, that's a great thing that something small can turn into, into something big. But I propose that the thread is we always be courageous. Because you know what? You don't know how those birds are going to play well. You don't know if they're going to play well together in that bush. There's an openness that the Lord is implying here that requires courage. Can I give you a, a real basic example of it this week? This past Monday, remember how hot it was? Muggy, and we weren't used to it or felt ready for it. Looked out the window of the rectory, and there was a group of guys, teenage boys, probably about a half a dozen of them, some on bikes, some on scooters, some on foot. And they were making their way down Court Street. That's not unusual, but what was, was that they turned the corner. They dropped off the scooters and the bikes, and they made their way into the church. Now, I couldn't help but wonder what they were up to, hoping, you know, maybe they're just going in to pray, but that would have been a little unusual for a group of six teenagers. 
came back out moments later with cups of water from the bathroom. And you know what? I loved it. Right away. Not all of them had gone in. They were sharing it. Somebody in the group, I couldn't recognize him, but somebody surely knew. St. Mary's is always open, and they've always got the water. Isn't that right? Isn't that good? Not that we're just offering a, the refreshment of a Dixie cup of water, but that we, as the church, offer the living water of Christ. And not just the shade of some trees on a hot summer's day, but the comfort and consolation of his kingdom. Please, God, that little cup of room-temperature bathroom water may water the seeds of faith in at least one of their hearts. And may we continue to be open, not just in our church and in our homes, but in our very hearts to the other to whom we come in contact. And may we always be courageous so that those small seeds of faith may certainly grow into the largest and most glorious of trees.